Mmm, welcome. I'm Bree Stewart. Feels on the drive home, 771.576 FM radio. G'day, hello, kia ora. If you're on Warrenjeri country as I am today, Womanjika, welcome to Feels Podcast. In fact, it's the new look Feels Podcast. It's now mental health for creatives. If you're struggling with creative blocks, comparison to others, or the big old Karen of our minds, self-doubt. You know it. She's a Karen. She's a Karen. (laughs) Then you definitely need to hang out. I'm Bree Stewart. I'm a mental health therapist, a creative, and a mental health consultant. It's time to drop the beat. Ah, isn't it delicious? It's the second season in a row that I've had that song, Feels, by Danny Regez. You can check it out on SoundCloud. He's very talented. He's from America, over across the shores. Check him out. He's in the show notes. In this episode of Feels, we'll be talking about comparison, comparison of self to other, both artistically and beyond. So if you're not at the stage of identifying as a creative just yet, don't stress fam, there's still lots of wisdomous, delicious, emotionally nutritious, mental health nuggets for you to enjoy. If you're someone that struggles with artistic comparison or social comparison, uh, you may have wondered how common it is. And just to immediately let your shoulders drop, I do this all the time. We all do this all the time. On the podcast before in prior seasons, we've spoken about evolutionary psychology. And if you want to be cool, Evo Psych it is as common as a stress hemorrhoid on my bum. And I'm a healthcare worker, so they're not uncommon, sadly, for me. <laughs> Look, 95%, I'd say, of the counseling sessions that I facilitate, people connect in with this ongoing challenge of, I am not enough, Brie. I feel like I'm not enough. I feel like I'm not seen by the world. That self-doubt, that inner critic, that uh, self-dislike is really, really common. And a lot of that is connected to comparison to others. And we can see this mental health endemic happening for young people. This direct correlation between social media and how you feel about yourself. So we do, of course, we know that that's a problem. For a long time, human beings have compared themselves to others. And, you know, often especially in early developmental phases, it can be really, really positive. I mean, imagine too, just think of this really primitively. So stripping it back to the fact that we're social creatures and we are creatures. We are one of the animals on earth. Stripping it all the way back, if I'm a cave woman and I'm a little bit tired of forging berries, I might see uh, Deborah with her spear across the way getting into some bad bitch hunting. And so what happens there is as this primitive, gorgeous, we human. I'm a bit fucking bored of berry picking. I'd like to do what Deb's doing with that spear. And I'd like to bring in some kind of meat to the, the 
group. And in that comparison to Deb has created a drive within me. It's created a, an ambition, a benchmark. So if you look at this artistically for especially young kids, you see a young kid, you take him to an art gallery for the first time ever or a movie or a music, uh, like a gig or a theater show, and you see their little eyes light up and they go, I want to do that. You know, I don't want to just play computer games all day. I want to be an actor. I want to be a musician, whatever. So that really beautiful example of the positive artistic and social comparison. The more harmful chronic self-comparison is where we get so obsessive about whether we're measuring up to other people. And of course, when we're doing that from a place of low self-esteem, low self-worth, it can cause a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress. What's easier I find for me though as a counselor is when someone comes into the room and says, I feel that I'm comparing myself to this person or I'm feeling jealous of this person. The more tricky presentation is people that are doing this subconsciously. There's a part of their psyche that knows they're doing it, but they're not fully aware of it. And this is often where you see especially when it comes to different artistic scenes, visual arts, music, comedy, Mm. whatever, uh, this sort of tall poppy syndrome, this envious behavior. And then, Mm. you know, let's bring the other artists down. I think it's pity. I don't like any of that whatsoever, actually. Sorry, who's that that's chiming in? Kia ora Brie, I am Linda McNabbin. I'm your imaginary production assistant. Kia ora, Linda. Welcome. Yeah, so sometimes if we're comparing ourselves mm. to others too much and we do have that very, very reasonable human experience of envy or jealousy, mm. we start to subtly or passively have jabs at that person. Oh, yeah, the EP was all right, but it was compressed too much. You know, we start telling other people. And it's a bit of a defense mechanism. And often, you know, people that aren't comfortable expressing anger They'll do that passively. And the easiest example of this is when you're seeing a bunch of artists or musicians or actors, whoever, gossiping about another creative. So just gossiping about them. It's this sort of passive way of letting out the envy and anger. It's it's very reasonable response, but it is a defense mechanism. And actually, if anything, over time, it's going to create more internal stress for you and potentially for mm. others as well. Yeah, look, I'm actually a bit bored, so I'm just going to go uh, maybe a cup of tea. Oh, okay. Thanks, Linda. A biscuit or something. Kid, that gorgeous rang a counsellor in my ears, give me some tangible strategies. I can, and I'm going to do it for free. The same theme that, of course, underpins all good mental health, self-confidence, self-trust, self-empowerment. Where do those things come from? Typically, they come from a relationship with yourself, which of course requires some inner work, perhaps chatting with a counselor, kinesiologist, psychologist, best mate. There is one part of you right now that feels that you are shit, but maybe there is another part of you that thinks you're not shit. And that's the part of you that we want to access. Somewhere in there, there's a self-nurturer. Somewhere in there, there's someone looking out for you That's the same person that said, let's click on this person's self-help podcast. So envision yourself. Well, actually, this is what I do. This might not be comfortable for everyone. Um, I went to a hypnotherapist and she introduced me to my 83-year-old self. 
there was something about her I really enjoyed. This kind of 83-year-old Brie, perhaps living by the beach, wears a little tea cosy sort of beanie. Doesn't really give a shit about anything other than some Arnott's digestives and a cup of Joseph in the morning. But I often actually envision her. And I wonder what that version of me says about this. Asking the older, wiser self, the wise sage, you know, what do you think about me comparing this piece of writing to that author that's super popular? What do you think of that? Usually that part of me, that wisdom's very profound. It's very much like let go, stop fretting, just be you and continue being. If that's a bit gritty, often our creative selves are closely tied in to that inner child, right? So the other thing you can do is access that part of yourself, the playful part of yourself. Ask that little kid, what do you want to make today? What do you want to do today? Really start to remember that while one part of you can be self-doubting and self-critical, there's a part of you in there somewhere that does not give a shit. It does not care and it's got your back. So really doing that internal family systems therapy, trying to find a good counselor who can support you with that can be an absolute game changer for Mm. your creativity. Mm, It was fascinating. Hey, is there any shelf life milk in the cupboard? (laughs) Uh, another tip is can't drink black tea so I also think it helps to remember that we are all and I mean this so so respectfully to myself and everyone else we're all somewhat full of shit so as human beings of course we do not share every single part of ourselves to the world so for example even on this podcast right I'm not sharing every part of myself with you and a lot of my friends will say to me Oh, you're so real, Brie, or you're so authentic. And I appreciate that because, of course, I try to live as authentically as I can and as close to my inner values as I can. But there are still things I hold sacred and I keep secret. And I do that to self-protect. So, for example, on Instagram, you might see all the funny stories I share of me and my partner trying to get to our flight and then having a beer when we get to Dubai or whatever it may be. But you're not actually seeing when I snapped at her because I couldn't get my bag in the overhead carrier. I don't know, something tripe. You're not seeing how atrocious I am at small talk. You know, like people see me at public speaking events and stuff. I cannot do small talk. I feel so bad for every single person at F45 in Thornbury. I don't know what it is about gyms, but they really, (laughs) they bring out all the most awkward parts of me it's like oh what are you on girl are you on the sevens yes I'm on the uh, sixes today Whoa, what a sesh like I, I just something about gyms that is just like social faux pas central for me so you're not seeing those things you're not seeing me miss deadlines you're not seeing me respond late to emails you're only seeing parts of me that I feel comfortable to share with the world so when you're comparing your creative process whether you're writing a book a script a song developing a character painting whatever it may be whatever it may be for some people it's even you know cooking and starting a business one of the most creative things you can do is to start a business if you're going on the internet you're going online you're comparing yourself to people that have a polished finish mastered product it's not fair to your creative momentum and you're actually pulling yourself out of your flow state you're not seeing the grit and the shit of that person 
oftentimes people are not sharing this. There are some amazing people that do. Uh, Jamila Jamal, I don't know if anyone knows her. I, I hope I just pronounced her last name correctly. But Jamila, she has this gorgeous podcast and uh, it's called I Weigh. And she's this great actress over in the UK. Uh, you know, and she's a really great example of someone that shares all of the inner nooks and crannies that most creatives like to keep hidden. So just remember that as you're in your lane, flowing and processing, please do not get yourself stuck by obsessing over the polished version of what someone's putting out. And you know, some of us too, some of us creatives really do like hiding. And even as we're sharing the process of creation, we're not sharing the grit. We're even making that look more polished than it is. And that's okay. That's self-protective. We all have secrets. We all make mistakes. Every single human being. The person you're comparing yourself to is not a perfect Patricia. I promise you. So please, catch yourself a pair of slack pants. Relax. And create, fam. And create for you. Not just for the world. I have been your host, Bree Stewart, creative mental health counsellor operating out of NAM, Melbourne, Australia. Linda, what did you think of that episode? Uh, I'm a segment of your imagination, and I actually wasn't listening. Yeah, okay. Fab. At Feels Bloggy on Instagram, also in the show notes. If you want a one-to-one counselling session face-to-face in Melbourne or anywhere in Australia and New Zealand on Zoom, hit up breestewart.com.au. What's super helpful is if you tell a friend to listen to this podcast. But if you don't want to do that, f***ing don't do it. Live your life. I look forward to yarning with you next time. Go forth. Keep being you. Keep being kind to yourself. Inohora. Goodbye. Oh, Susie Cato. Of a story of dark colors and thrill.